Hey everybody, this is Jamila Blue, founder of Conscious Machiana. Conscious Machiana is your connection to the who, what, where of our mind, body, spirit community in Machiana. And this is our first podcast episode. I am so excited to bring you this interview. And I also have to apologize because this interview with Joyce Hug was originally taken back on February 22nd of 2020. Now, as all of you know, a lot has happened since then, like a pandemic, you know? So here we are several months later and things are beginning to open, events are beginning to take place, we're able to see each other's faces again, and it really feels good. It is also really great to be able to fast forward to the here and now, July 27th of 2021, and be able to look at that calendar of events on Sacred Waters website and see so many of the classes, the programming, has stayed the same. There are some new things. However, there's always new things at Sacred Waters. And there's a lot of the same things, which are really delightful programs that I highly encourage you to check out. Also, I wanted to make sure that I mention this wonderful music that you're listening to is by Sacred Waters Kirtan. The name of this track is Kalima Durgama. You can find more about Sacred Waters Kirtan at yogachant.org. And I will play this track in its entirety at the end of this episode. You can also find out more about Sacred Waters on their website, sacredwaterscenter.org. So I really encourage you to give it a look, check it out, tell your friends, bring people with you. It's really an amazing place and I really hope that you find this interview as delightful as I did learning about the history of Sacred Waters, where it came from, and just uh, there's some really great stories in here. And I, I really enjoyed this interview with Joyce. When I think of... Conscious Michiana, I think of Sacred Waters because it's been such a staple for me since I have lived in this community. It was founded in 2000, which was before I was in this area, so it's always been here. And it's really a little piece of treasure that I stumbled across, and I'm incredibly thankful to have been able to do so. And I think that you'll feel the same after listening to this interview and checking the space out for yourself. So without further ado, here is my interview with Joyce Hug from February 22nd of 2020. 
So today I am meeting here at the beautiful, amazing Sacred Waters, which is located in Mishawaka, Indiana. And I have Joyce Hug, the founder of Sacred Waters. And we're going to do a little interview about uh, her journey with Sacred Waters, what Sacred Waters is, and about the community and just a little history. So with that said, Joyce. Yes. Thank you for having this interview with me today. I am truly appreciative of your time and just how you open your space and your heart to not only me, but the community as you have for so many years now. When did Sacred Waters begin? 2000. The year 2000. 2000. Yep, the year 2000. And, um, I had my guru, Mandanama, came from India, and uh, she had some other stuff she was, you know, going to be doing here, but um, she came to dedicate it. And so um, she brought some Ganges water, Ganges water in a little bottle, and uh, one day she went out there and sprinkled it into the pond and walked around the pond blessing it, and then... We had a, a ceremony where she dedicated the space. And um, her guru's name was Gorima. And um, so this main room here is dedicated to Gorima. So it's Gorima Tahal. That's why we call it that. Gorima was um, a disciple of Ramakrishna. She was one of his. Um, strongest female disciples while he was alive. And uh, so Bandanama, my guru, came to dedicate this place in 2000. And how did this place, Sacred Waters, come into being? Well, it took me a long time to manifest it. I was uh, really scared about it, you know. I. I did not really think I could do it. I didn't have the money to do it. But I was reading the lectures of Swami Vivekananda, and he had a lecture where he was talking about um, all the religions of the world and how one of the problems was that religions they tolerate each other, but they don't really respect each other. Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference. Mm -hmm. And he said, we're not going to ever have peace unless the churches, the religions, not necessarily the churches, but the religions learn to respect each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ramakrishna, one of his big ideas was that, you know, all paths, if followed with sincerity and devotion, lead to the same place. So mm -hmm. We don't really need to fight each other mm -hmm. about it. Um, we just need to respect and, and accept them and, you know, go out and bring peace to the world. Uh -huh. It's not that simple. But that no, was, it is not that simple. It's not that simple, but... There was a basic kernel in there that, that caught my interest, and I thought, oh, wouldn't that be great 
to have a place where um, it wasn't dedicated to any religion. It was more about your own spiritual journey and whatever tools you need, whatever, you know, disciplines you need to do that, let that be what you find here. Uh-huh. And I know that I have over the years. I can't remember my first time here. I want to say maybe 2003, 2002. Like I said, I don't remember my first time, but I do remember um, every time that I've been here from that point forward, the welcome, the welcoming that I've received and the depth of and breadth of options that you have here have been remarkable because for me, I I love so many different yeah, practices. Yeah, you're a hard one to... I love so many different practices and yeah. you have so many different offerings. And I think that that's one of the reasons primarily that I've continued to come here over the years is you've had so many amazing things. Um, between the crystal bowls, I believe you know I was I the 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 kirtan you know way back at the beginning of the kirtan time, um, I remember coming and doing a uh, African flute not African excuse me Indian flute uh, workshop that I believe that Jackie brought. Uh, oh yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and between drumming and the. You just have numerology and family constellations. family constellations, and you just have such a wide <laughs> breadth of so many things, um, which I just really, really appreciate. And I'm always looking forward to your weekly newsletter coming out just to see, ooh, it's kind what's of like, up? What, there's like little gifts in my gift box, you know, like each week, like, hmm, what's going to be coming up next? Because you have such a great diversity of things. Um, so I think that it's been a great place for for you to be able to facilitate so many different offerings. So going back to what you had just said about following the path and being devoted to that path, and you allow and allow the space and to create so much here of so many paths coming together. And I really appreciate that. There were two other people involved with founding this place. Ah, let's hear about the other founders. Yes. Yes. Um, one of them was Emil Toth, who'd been a friend of mine for many years, uh, gone to India with me, and knew Bandanama. She was his guru as well. And the other one was Dorothy, Dorothy Booker. Hmm. And she'd been connected with Emil and I uh, for also for many years. She'd been to India with us once, and... Um, very, very spiritual. And uh, Emil and I used to talk about, you know, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have this place and it's gonna be by the water and you know, we're gonna offer all these things and and uh, of course I was like, I'll never have the money to do that. But um, he retired in two thousand and my parents had died within a year and a half of each other uh, back in the late 90s, 1990s. And they, they left me all this, all this money. They were depression people and they never spent any money on anything. So um, 
I suddenly had the money and he was retired and so I was like, okay, we gotta do this. And so um, we started looking around for places and uh, this wasn't in my budget, but um, the realtor said, oh, Emil, I've got the perfect place for this thing you're talking about doing. And, and he told him what the price was and, you know, Emil wasn't paying for it, so he was very willing to look at it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll go see it. So we blundered onto this place and, you know, as soon as he saw it, it was like, oh, my God, you got to see this place. And anyway, so... She had had it on the market for a long time. It was residential, and her kids were grown up, and she was divorced, and it was, it's a huge house for one person. And mm -hmm. So she'd come down in price a lot, so I bought it. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. So for anybody who has not been to Sacred Waters uh, before, I remember my first time coming into Sacred Waters for, I had no idea I was going to be going down this very long driveway to this house and I felt very, I was very unnerved because I was like, do I just walk in? Do I knock? I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I was walking into, but I did see that it was nestled between, and there's lots of trees and grounds here. It's a very long piece of property, so it's not very wide, but very long. And so I remember just being very welcomed by the trees coming in and just seeing this fabulous space and kind of curious about what the waters part was. You don't see that until you walk around to the back of the house. Um, there's a fabulous pond here uh, with a water fountain. And even further beyond that, there is a, a, a grove where there are a lot of sacred fires and things that have happened over the years. And so it's a fabulous- And a creek. And a creek, I, yeah, it's and the a creek. Other water part. And the other water part is the creek. And so I remember just first coming in and just not having a clue about the depth of the property, um, but not knowing what to do when I first came up. And I remember like, okay, I know there's people here. I'll knock, but nobody answered quite away, right away. And I was here for some sort of event. I don't remember what exactly, but I just walked in and I was just very amazed and surprised um, because it's just, there's a lot of light coming in. It has a very open concept. It's very spacious. It's very welcoming. Um, I remember walking in and seeing this quaint little library that was filled with lots and lots of books. Um, I'm a book nerd, so that was just really intriguing to me. And being able to walk in and seeing the open space of, of of what was here and seen on the on the mantel there's a big fireplace in the in the in the main room when you walk in and i remember seeing on the mantel just lots of different crossovers in spirituality so i don't re remember exactly what was there at the time but i do remember recognizing that I saw lots of different spiritual paths and i really appreciated that as someone who doesn't follow a single path but honors all paths and it was wonderful it was delightful and wonderful 
Um, but it was also a little awkward kind of coming in. I don't, so as far as when people are, are first approaching, what do you, what are your words to somebody who's first arriving? Like, you know, when you're first telling somebody about sacred waters and that they're approaching and coming in, you know, is there something that you usually would say to them? Um, you know, come on in or, or um, like as far as, you know, kind of getting past that initial awkwardness of, of stepping into that unknown space. Uh, I usually greet them and say hi, and um, maybe I'll ask them how they heard about us or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. If, um, if the program hasn't started, I mean, I would, I would normally go up and greet them in yeah. some way. And I didn't do that with you, I guess. I, I have a tendency to show up a few minutes after the fact. That's probably I'm why. an introvert that way. Okay, yeah, yeah. so probably the program had started, so I didn't get to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm funny that way. I, I, I have a tendency to show up a few minutes. And, and then I'll a few feel, make sure I feel awkward. <laughs> It's the thing. It's it, I'm I'm trying to get better at that. I am. I am trying to get better at that. But you know, in, the, in an analogy, um, this long, deep, narrow property is sort of symbolic of what part of my goal was to help people go deeper into their spiritual journeys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As I was mentioning before we started interviewing, this was a beautiful when I didn't have a space to be able to come to for quietude and I didn't want to go so far out as to go find a larger park to get that quietude. This was the place that I would go to. I would come out um, in the spring, summer, fall and I would come and sit by the the pond and I'd pull out my journal and I would sit my tea and my thumbrest or whatever I had with me to sip on and it was just a wonderful place to just decompress which I love the quaintness and the quietude that you have here. It's just such a gem nestled in between all of the things. The Um, biggest shopping area in the city. We are in the biggest shopping area of the city, and you would have no idea once you step onto the property, which is fabulous. So one of the things that... um, Bernice, uh, I, from the Holistic Hub, had asked the question when I was asking what questions people may have for you. She had asked the question, what inspired Sacred Waters into being? Which I believe that you did a pretty fine job of answering. Yes. And how does the Spiritual Center keep connected to the community? Well, um, a lot of community organizations come here for um, day retreats. That's one thing I do with um, Leadership Center at St. Mary's, with uh, the Croc Center, with St. Margaret's House. They'll rent the the property for the day and they'll have, like they'll bring staff in and they'll have a, like a staff retreat or something like that. Um, so there's, there's quite a few community groups. Um, um, other groups like the Zen group, they have a whole five-day silent retreat here. They bring in a woman from Dallas, the teacher, and they, they're they here for five days in silence meditating. We have other groups that just they come and they want to spend the weekend, and so they, you know, I have like eight to ten beds here so they can spend the night and sort of, you know, have their 
their special time together. Um, one time we reached out to the poor kids. Um, two people that come here lived in very poor neighborhoods and they, they knew these kids that were from, you know, pretty rough families and so forth. And so we had a whole day of activities. We brought them in. I think there were about eight to ten of them. And um, they'd never seen a house like this. They were just like, whoa, you know, and they they didn't have that much access to nature. And so, you know, Jackie did a whole thing with trees and, and had them sitting underneath trees and meditating. And Glenda came and did a Native American, you know, ceremony for them. And then we had an Indian woman that came and cooked Indian food at the end, and they were just freaking out about that Indian food. <laughs> Whoa, is this good? We never tasted food like this. And so that was, uh, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's one of the beautiful things about Sacred Waters is having all of the space, the bedrooms, um, for a retreat center to be able to offer that. I think um, I, I, I've done a weekend retreat here once. It was a silent meditation retreat um, that I participated in with, uh, with Terry. And oh yeah, she and Marge used to do those. Yeah, yeah, and so I yeah exactly. So the, we we did a weekend and that was really fabulous. And it was the first time that I stayed the night here. I think it may have been the only time um, that I'd stayed the night here. And it was just a really great space to be able to um, have that type of intimate retreat with um, within that group. And since then, um, you built on, is it an add-on? Did you build it? It was an add-on, yeah. There's now this fabulous, huge space off to the left East. East. So the east part of the house now has an add-on room with a very large... Well, how large is the space in there? It's 27 by 28, I think. Okay. Like that. Okay. And it's just... It's a fabulous room. And uh, Kirtan always fills it up for sure. Yes. Um, and Yoga. Yoga. A lot of yoga in there, which I did not used to be able to offer because that... Mm-hmm. Part of the house was just too small. The room that was there uh-huh. wasn't large enough to have yoga classes, and so um, and we have we have a lot of stuff there: astrology, mm-hmm. um, pujas there. Yeah, it's just a really nice big room, and there's no furniture in it because of the yoga. So you know you can make it what you want. So when the Zen Buddhists come for that five days, they. They make it like a Zen center. They put up these screens and they put these mats down and, you know, it looks totally different. Fabulous. Fabulous. And uh, drumming. I know that Jackie does drum classes yes, there she on, does. on occasion. And, yeah, there's so many different things. So speaking of so many different things, what what are some of the regular events that you have here? I know there's a lot of various offerings that come through. But what are some of the core programs that you have? Okay, so monthly, every month, these are kind of things that happen once a month. We have the bowls, the chakra bowls, and um, we have numerology group. Um, We had a guy that came and taught us ascension numerology, and um, it's pretty cool. Uh, it was, it's a little different than most numerology because there's that 
spiritual aspect to it, uh, the ascension part of it. And so um, we have a numerology group, and we have a dream group, and we have a Buddhist group, and we have a group that's working on the um, work of Swami Vivekananda, and we have, I think those are most of the monthly. We have a, a meditation every Sunday at 11, silent meditation. We have a peace me- two peace meditation groups, and then yoga. We have all kinds of yoga here. We have Reiki, but that's periodically. And um, there's a lot of things here. That's a lot. And then we have, over and above that, we have things that are just happen, you know, like ecstatic dance and, uh-huh. and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. The, the mediumship night or some of those things. Yeah, it's just fabulous. And so I'm like I, I, I may have mentioned earlier, I just love um, receiving those newsletters in my box because I just never know what to expect. And there's the core programming, but there's always something else most often sprinkled in. And it's just delightful to, to see what that might be wanted to see, was there any other specific questions that I have? Is it okay for, for like, if you wanted to come and just check out Sacred Waters, what would be the best way for them to learn more about what your activities are and what you have going on? Probably to email me, and I'd have to set up an appointment to be here. And So as far as, like, general for people to know about your regular activities, like the regular program, can anybody come at any time, or do they need to reserve events? And what is the website? Sacred Waters Center, all one word, dot org. Perfect. And is there, like, a newsletter sign-up that they can... uh, They can sign up for the newsletter off of the website. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, they'll find your contact information if they have any specific questions. Yes, they should reach they out will. to you. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So I know what I wanted to ask. So going back to um, prior to Sacred Waters and to coming into being. So your your background, um, you you'd said that you'd gone to India several times, and so that was the the spiritual path that you were following. Yes. And how did you, how did you, how did you come across that path? Well, I went through a period where I was really, really searching for, you know, what was my purpose? Why was I here? Because I, I was, I tried all these career paths and they were not working out. And I knew I didn't want to have children. And so what the heck was I doing here? And so I started reading all these spiritual books, different spiritual traditions. I mean, I was all over the place. And I kept running across references to the Gospel of Ramakrishna. But when I went to the Houston Public Library, I couldn't find it. It said it was in, but it wasn't on the shelf. So this went on for two years maybe and I'd always kind of look for it but nothing so why Houston library because that's where I was living ah okay okay yeah so one day I was looking for a book in philosophy so Hinduism is in the 300s which is 
mythology. We don't want to put it with the 200s, which is religion. It's with the 300s. And and it wasn't in the Dewey didn't classify it as a philosophy and he didn't classify it as a religion. He put it in mythology, but it wasn't ever coming up there. So I had wandered over to the philosophy section looking for some other book, and there it was. It was misfiled. <laughs> Waiting for you to receive it. Yeah. So I read, I got that. Finally, I found this book. And. In there, some guy goes to Ramakrishna and he says, you know, what's the purpose of a human life? You know, what the heck are we doing here? Mm. And Ramakrishna says, it's the realization, not the belief, realization, which means making something real, the realization of God. Mm. That is it. Mm. And I thought, well, I can try to do that. Uh-huh. You don't have to have a high IQ or, you know, be specially talented or anything. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, and that's where your path began. And how long was it from that point to the point that you first went to India? 20-some years. And since you've had this amazing space, Sacred Waters... How often do you go to India as a group? Is that something that you still do as a group? Yeah, I just went last year. So, like, is it something that you do every year? Or well, do you, plan you know, on every I'm getting year? old now, so that's not going to be, it's a rough trip. But I did it between two and every two to three years. Okay. Yeah, from mm-hmm. the time I started Sacred Waters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember over the years seeing lots of trips to India um, and hearing lots of amazing stories. However, I wasn't sure how that worked. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, Bandhanama, my guru, has an ashram in Calcutta for women. Um, It actually was, um, at the time it was founded in 1895, Wow. women were not educated. So it was, you know, one of the first schools that they, the girls, um, they got a regular school education and then they got educated in the scriptures, which was like unheard of. You're not teaching women about spirituality. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Uh, and, and the school is still going. So and they have a couple of branches. And so when I go to India, I, I go to the ashram among other things. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a fabulous story and visit and interview. Thank you so much, Joyce. I Thank truly, you. truly appreciate it. Okay. Learning some more history about Sacred Waters and what it is that you do here. And for anybody listening, I do hope that you will check out Joyce's website for Sacred Waters, Sacred Waters, Sacred Waters Spiritual Center, sacredwaterscenter.org. And you'll be able to see a, a listing. They have an event calendar, so you can see the regular programming each month. You can check out the link to sign up for the newsletter. There's also a Facebook page, I believe, um, that you can check out. Kirtan is fabulous and amazing to come and check out. There's a Sacred Waters Kirtan group that travels around the area as well. Um, so there's just so many fine things. And... 
even if you're a little curious and you just want to to come out and just take a little walk on the land is that okay just to kind of sure. be able to take a look and check out the pond in the back and sit by the wonderful fountain and have a place to decompress and connect i know that i found great great solitude and just was a really great time for me to just for me to have some self-nurturing for myself and i think that anybody else who's just curious it's a great place to just come and have a reprieve yeah so when i started sacred waters i had no clue really how this was going to manifest itself i mean i had the broad idea but i didn't have the specifics mm-hmm. and um initially i didn't start out with all these many groups it was like we met every wednesday and we would have some kind of a program and um and then we had a little sunday thing and that was it and um as it evolved over the years it seemed that people had you know these really you know deep needs for to go deeper than you can in a just a once a month somebody comes in and talks about you know oils or astrology or whatever and so it just evolved that all these separate groups that have their own people that come that are you know they have their own little bonding and some people are in two or three groups some people only come to one thing and they have no idea of all these other people that come here they just come to this one thing so that was spirit that was taken care of by the divine i didn't have a clue it's amazing how that works yeah uh-huh following the little breadcrumbs yeah that the divine gives us right mm-hmm. thank you this has been okay. most wonderful
Kalimat Tuhan 